What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Zoning with Zach. Uh, this one's an absolute ripper. I was lucky enough to sit with Beck Cameron. Uh, she's a four times ICN bikini model champion. She's also a comp prep coach and she's doing it for quite a while now. Very experienced in the field. Um, Beck's been competing for over nine years and it was such an enjoyable chat to go into the insights of what it's like to coach competitors but also Beck's story as well about her time in the competing world and some of the um, ups and downs she's had to overcome. I mean she's had some adrenal health issues which is awesome to learn about and um, goes into burnout and how unfortunate that is and how hard it is for people to come out of it so um, there were some very good points on that. We also talk a lot about gen pop problems as well you know some of the biggest misconceptions that come with fat loss um, which aren't just for competitors but also just for the general population and one of the best parts about this chat was actually the reverse dieting breakdown. I think it's one of the most important things we need to do when it comes to coming out of a dieting phase or when we hit our goal weight um, and then what to do next. You know, it's a it's a stage where people lose a lot of their progress that they made that with their fat loss. And yeah, it can be one of the hardest things. So Beck gives us an awesome breakdown into what reverse dieting is and the proper way to go about it. But all in all, such an enjoyable chat. We cover so many topics and such a you know awesome dive into the competing world and what it's like to, to coach people in it because it's such a tough sport. It is very extreme. So I hope you guys take a lot of value out of it. If you do, please take a screenshot, uh, share to your story, tag me, tag Beck, and enjoy. Also, please rate and review the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you may listen to it. It helps more than you know. So please jump on that for me, guys. I'd really appreciate it. Beck Cameron, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Zach. Thanks so much for having me on today. No worries. Super excited to jump into a few topics with you. Obviously, you've had massive success with competing and also not just from a competitive side, but from a coaching side as well. But I guess just to start off, um, congratulations on your new purchase up in Queensland. Super jealous, but uh, I guess you're very excited with that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited. It's been a bit of a dream of mine to be able to spend a bit more time up there. Like I yeah. love the warmth, I love the sun and I love the ocean. So now I get a bit of the best of both worlds being in Melbourne where all my clients and friends are and then getting a bit more time up there too. Yeah, awesome. I love Queensland. I'm so jealous. Uh, I really want to, I went there, oh, must have been December, but I don't think I'll be going back for a while. My partner, I bloody dragged her to a movie world about three times in the eight days we were up there. So uh, yeah, I don't think we'll be going back for a while, but yeah, I'm super jealous, but congrats. Thank you. In terms of today, my friend, I'd love to jump into the competing side from your end first and then touch on a little bit of the coaching that you've done and the um, gen pop stuff at the end there. But in terms of your um, competing journey, talk me through that. Like, where did it all start for you and and kind of the success you've had in that field as a competitor? Yeah, so I've been competing since I think it was 2014 or 2015, my first ever show. So I've been around the sport for quite a while. I decided to do it because I'd always been an athlete. Like I grew up playing volleyball, netball, like sport was always a huge focus for me. And then when I kind of moved into personal training, it was hard for me to commit to those team sports because all the trainings were at peak times that you want to train your PT clients. So yeah. what I did was I moved into bodybuilding, which was essentially my replacement sport. It still gave me that physical goal to work towards. So since then, um, I've competed in nine shows in total wow. across four seasons. So that's with the ICN that I've competed with. It was actually INBA when I started. So it's honestly changed so much since then. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah but so I've had 
quite a few shows under my belt and a fair bit of success in them. I've won um, four Bikini Open titles with ICM Victoria and um, I came second at the Worlds the last time I competed as well. Wow. Yeah, huge, mate. Massive. That's uh, nine years. Wow. How has it evolved in that time? Because I feel now that it's starting to really grow. Like I didn't know much about it maybe four or five years ago, but I, I feel now that it, it's not so much everywhere, but I am seeing a lot more of it and more people getting involved. But in terms of your time in the sport in nine years, what, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen in that time? It's honestly changed so much. I actually saw like one of my first show videos the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe that I won that show. Like if I stepped on stage looking like that now, like the caliber of physiques has just changed tremendously. Yeah. Um, obviously the shows are so much bigger. I think it's become really popular with like the growth of like Instagram and social media. People um, have seen it on there and then wanted to get involved in the sport. So purely the numbers have just grown so much as well. And even like the posing within ICN and other federations as well, the posing has just evolved so much. Like it's completely different. And it's been amazing seeing how much it's grown and changed over those years. Yeah, as I said, like it's definitely gotten a lot bigger and I've actually sat down with one of your clients here and we've talked about it too. And it's amazing the amount of dedication put it, people put into it. I mean, it must be such a tough gig and especially for you nine years it's, it's a massive massive achievement but in terms of your first show like I always love talking to people about this is is it more just to give it a go or for you and your first instance for your first show was it like let's win it from the start or was it more just to try it out and kind of see how that felt no I didn't go in with the attitude to win it although like I would say I'm a very competitive person so I do always want to win at everything that I do <laughs> um but I didn't have any expectations, honestly, for that show. I didn't really know like what I was getting myself into or how I was going to stack up up there. Um, I was genuinely like shocked when they called my number out for first place at that show. Like the video um, of that moment, I'm, I just like cover my mouth with my hands. I'm just in complete disbelief that it even happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think like it's a good attitude to have to not have such high expectations expectation yeah. place especially in your first show but in all shows really because it is such a subjective sport like you don't know it doesn't matter how good your physique is you don't know what the judges are going to pick on the day and yeah you know our genetics give us such different structures that if they prefer someone else's structure over yours on the day from a bodybuilding perspective like you know you can't you can't put all your emphasis on placing because you have no control over that outcome at the end of the day all you can do is bring the best version of you yeah i absolutely love that it's such a that's such a great point like i think people will put a lot of expectation on themselves but they've got to love like the way that they look yeah exactly and yeah you can only bring the best version of you yeah, that's it. Awesome, mate. And talk me through the ex the experience of of building up. Like, I, I know you've been on both sides as a coach and a, a solo competitor yourself. But in terms of that first show and that first preparation, like, how was it harder than you expected, or what was that experience like getting up there for the first time? And obviously, being so long ago. Um, the first time, honestly, like, yes, it was hard. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was right or wrong in terms of like how much cardio I should be doing, how low my calories should be getting. Like I just had no idea about the sport at that point. I just 
completely followed what my coach at the time told me, who was like a very bro science kind of coach. Um, So I didn't really do much cardio on that prep, but my calories got down very, very low. And like with what I know now, I would never take myself or any of my clients to that low level of calories to get them on stage. Like I think if you need to go that low, then you needed to do a better off season and make sure you're setting your metabolism right before you start the comp prep but I didn't know that back then like I was completely new to it um so I learned a lot from that experience and yeah it was it was hard and my preps since then have gotten easier and easier because every time I've taken that time in between to have a solid off season that set me up to have a better easier and healthier prep each time yeah yeah absolutely and and how important is that off-season part to really grow and build and obviously now you and me being both in the industry we know like being on low calories it's so tough like I've had times where I've gone so low to try and get to lean levels and for me I've never competed so I didn't felt what but even times like I, I was super like emotional and just like just drained and like the lights are on but no one's home kind of thing just rolling through the motion so I definitely know how that feels and it's it's not a great feeling at all but for competitors and especially you back then and, and learning now how important is that off season and why is it important to really build out your metabolism and put on that size honestly it's crucial because if you don't do that like this sport is really hard on your body no yeah. matter what yeah and if you don't take that time to build up your metabolism make sure you've got a solid base of lean muscle mass before you start you're setting yourself up to have a lot of problems both physically and psychologically coming out of the end of that prep because if you finish your prep on 800 calories yeah. not only is your metabolism severely downregulated, your hormones are severely downregulated, which is quite dangerous Um, And you're also going to have psychological issues around food. Like when you starve yourself that badly for so long, like when you come out of that, like you're just ravenous, like your body is doing what it can to try and survive. And that's telling you to eat. And so it increases your hunger cues, it increases your cravings. And that's when we see competitors like put on a lot of weight and like have issues with binging post-show because they haven't spent that time setting up their metabolism to make sure they don't need to go that low in their calories. So yeah, honestly, it's like absolutely crucial. And like, as a coach, I always have that conversation with a client before I start working with them towards a comp prep and say like this off season, like prep before the prep needs to be done in order to set you up for a safe and healthy prep. Um, Because yeah, like you don't, you don't ever want to put a client in that position and cause them that kind of stress on their body and mind. I could imagine how tough it would be, even when you talk about then like being on low 800 calories, like it just makes me kind of shake to my core a bit. It's like, yeah, such a crazy number. Yeah, and I would never do that now. Like I'm glad I had that experience though because I learned from it and now I know that as a coach, like I would never do that to a client and like my client's health and safety is like my utmost priority. Do you think now with with things evolving and all that, do you think there's more awareness around competing and that people don't, I guess, how am I trying to explain this? Like, I guess back then people thought a lot about it was all about low calories and starve your body to the point and you have to go through that to look like that to get on stage. Do you think the like the mindset around it has changed, being like low calories and on stage and stuff? Yeah, I do think the mindset around it has changed. Like I think it was very bro science when I first came into the sport, like, you know, chicken rice vegetables like yeah very basic bro science meals 
um, very bro science training. Like I was actually thinking about it. Um, and I don't think I even did hip thrust in my first comp prep. Like I don't even think hip thrusts were really popular then. And now it's like, yeah. what bikini girl doesn't hip thrust? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I think that it was like a very bro science, like do as much cardio as you can, like eat chicken, rice and broccoli and like that's how you compete. But with the increase in like, you know, the if it fits your macro style of nutrition, I think a lot of things have changed. And also people have realized like it doesn't have to be that painful. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Like this is an extreme sport. It's yeah. going to be hard. Of course. You're pushing your body to a low level of body fat that it doesn't want to sit at. So it's going to be hard, but it doesn't have to be torture. It, it even coincides with gen pop, even taken away a little bit from the competitive side. Like sometimes people confuse fat loss with, um, you know, like it has to be tough. It has to be chicken and rice. Like everything has to be, you know, plain Jane and boring. But I feel like the way it is going now, a lot of that has changed. Yeah, I definitely think so. And I think it's a really positive thing because at the end of the day, like, you know, there's this um, big anti-diet movement and things like that as well, yeah. But which I support for a lot of reasons. But, you know, some people do want to lose weight for certain reasons for their health or to feel better about themselves. And that's okay. And that can be done in a way that's not super restrictive and not super harmful physically and psychologically just to revert back there when you when i heard you talk about your post-show stuff and it's such a i love talking about this with competitors because i've come across a few and my mates have done a few as well and post-show for me it's like the most interesting part i reckon how hard is it post-show especially in your first few years to uh, to really nail that reverse diet. And I guess for the people who aren't sure, you know, what is reverse dieting first? And then, yeah, how hard is it post-show to kind of handle coming off stage winning? And then it's like, what's next? Yeah, so um, first up, what is reverse dieting? So reverse dieting is essentially the opposite of dieting. So when we diet, we tend to reduce calories over time and increase output over time to elicit fat loss. Reverse dieting is the opposite of that. So we're building calories up over time and we're reducing output to essentially like teach our metabolism to eat more food, but still hold good condition. So that's what reverse dieting is uh, in a post-show context. Like it is a challenge because, yeah. you know, you've had this goal and you've been working so hard so to work hard, this yeah. goal. Um, and you know, so many things have been kind of off limits, whether you're excluding food groups or whether it just doesn't fit into your macros, you know, it's been off limits. And so all of a sudden you can eat whatever you want. There's no more rules. Yeah. <laughs> go crazy. Um, so a lot of people do struggle with that. Uh, in my first comp prep, like I mentioned to you, I was on 800 calories um, yeah, wow. at the end of that prep. And I did struggle that first prep. Um, and I did put on more weight than I would have liked in a shorter period of time. Um, but every prep since then, it has been better and better when I have reverse dieted. So yeah. that's twofold. It's because I've had more experience with reverse dieting. I know what to expect. I know how it feels post-show, but also because my calories haven't ended up anywhere near that low. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I didn't have that, I guess, like baseline survival instinct that was like, eat more now, you need to put on body fat because this is not healthy kind of thing. So yeah, yeah it, it is hard. And a lot of competitors do struggle with it after their first show. 
um, but it does get better every time. And the last couple of seasons I've done like reverse dieting for me now, like is so easy because I've done it so many times. So many times, yeah. I love that process and I get so much out of it and just being able to build up my calories high in off season while maintaining good condition because I have committed to those reverse diets. Like it's incredible what the body can do when you do commit to it. How important is reverse diet to you? Because for me, like it's it's one of the hardest things I've tried to do. Like as I was saying before, like I've I've been to a lean level and trying to kind of reverse out into like a building phase. I, I've struggled at the start, kind of like you said. But for me, I kind of feel like it's one of the most important things when it comes to my own training or for my clients to really nail that process. Like, how important is it for your competitors? Is it like almost like the number one important thing for them? Yeah, definitely. I mean, reverse dieting is important, not just for competitors, but for gen pop as well. Anyone coming out of a dieting phase should be reverse dieting because that's the only way you're ever going to sustain your result. You actually teach your body to eat more. Essentially what we're doing with reverse dieting is we're utilizing the fact that your metabolism is an adaptive mechanism. So if we slowly give it more food, it's going to get used to that, but keep you in good condition. So yeah, everyone really needs to be doing it but at the same time like I understand as a coach that people are going to stuff it up especially their first time and like it's about supporting them psychologically through when they do stuff it up as well Um, but what I would say about reverse dieting and something that I say to my clients is that first four weeks of your reverse diet like that is the most crucial part because that's when your metabolism is down regulated So if you can be really consistent with it those first four weeks, then you can actually build up your calories pretty fast. Like I'd be increasing your client's calories like every couple of days at that point. Yeah. And then once you reach a certain point of calories, like you can have so much more freedom there. So say once you get to like around 2000, for example, if you've been on a dieting phase, maybe finished up around 1400. Once you get to 2000, you feel like you've got so much food to play with. Oh, that's it. Yeah. If you can be consistent those first four weeks, then it's, you can have heaps more freedom after that. And it's going to have less consequence on your physical body. Absolutely. And who doesn't like to eat more food? So (laughs) yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what I love so much about it is like, I feel like I can work in any food that I want um, and maintain condition because I nailed that reverse dieting phase. Really good. And I just got one more thing to throw at you from your personal side of competing before we touch on a few more coaching things because I've I've never sat down with a, um, someone who coaches competitors. So I'm super excited for a few of the questions I'm going to throw at you. But just on your your the last thing for you from a competing point of view, what are some of like the the hardest parts you've gone through as a competitor? What have you found, you know, like a really tough experience coming out of that? Um, I think most of my comp reps have been pretty good, um, bruisey, but the hardest thing, um, was probably, I did have my third season of competing. I was in a really high stress environment doing that comp prep. So, um, I was working really long hours as a personal trainer on the gym floor. So starting at 6am not finishing till 8 30 p.m so yeah wow big day wasn't yeah. Sleeping. yeah wasn't sleeping a whole lot um obviously i was prepping for a comp which is always going to be stressful on your body um and i had like some personal stuff going on as well like i was in like a really toxic environment um in a relationship that i was in and like my stress bucket was just overflowing, overflowing yeah shit yeah so i finished that comp prep and i ended up 
um, with adrenal burnout. So it's called adrenal insufficiency. It's essentially like the step before chronic fatigue. So that's probably the worst experience that I've had with competing. Um, And I can honestly just put that down to just being like, it was just too much stress for my body all at once by having that physical stress of comp prep, working hard, not sleeping, and then having that emotional stress um, of that toxic relationship at the time as well. So yeah, that's probably my worst experience with a prep, but I wouldn't blame it on comp prep. I would blame it on just like the external stuff combination of everything. Yeah. Um, on the dive a little bit into that. So what's the kind of recovery process with the, with the adrenal stuff? Is that, is it more taking a break from everything and changing your environment that you're going through? Yeah, it depends on the person, obviously, and like where the stress is coming from. It looks different for everyone. But for myself, I did actually have to take six months off weight training. I wow. honestly lost so much strength in the gym. Anyway. Yeah. So um, I just did yoga and walking for like six months to really try and like calm my nervous system, focused on my sleep hygiene. So really started implementing good like pre-bed practices and routines. So yeah. like supplements, but also like routine staying away from blue light reading really calming myself and making sure I was getting quality sleep um obviously like removing myself from that toxic environment that I was in and meditating doing all those things to try and like get my body out of that stress state eating Mm. plenty of food not overtraining and then I was able to build back into it from there but yeah I did have to take a massive step back from my training after that and it was pretty hard because training is a huge course I was just about to say like six months off i mean i'm one of those people who struggle to sit still if i'm not like playing sport or kind of doing something like it drives me insane so how hard was that for you mentally because obviously you said you you've always played like volleyball and been really active like how hard was it mentally to not overdo it because yeah if it was me i'll just be like ah, i'll be right just go for it like so how hard was it yeah it was honestly like it was probably one of the lower points in my life in terms of my mental health because exercise has always been such a huge stress relief and emotional. Yeah, of course. Um, I've literally like trained nearly every day, um, aside from rest days since I was eight years old, like (laughs) always been active. So it was very challenging, but I knew that it was, my body had shut down. Like I physically couldn't do it. I could barely get myself up the stairs to get into the gym, let alone yeah. do a workout. Wow. So yeah. Crazy. Done. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a very challenging period of my life. Yeah, I bet. Wow. And and when you did get back into the gym, was it slowly increasing one day, two day, just like real small, like isolated movements or like, what was the process that when you got back into the gym finally? Yeah, so I took it really slowly um, and just did like kind of three days of weights a week. I avoided any sort of compound lifts and just really focused on isolated stuff because I didn't want to like fatigue my nervous system. So yeah, it was very much just like isolated movements and just slowly building up. And like, it was scary because I was myself backwards again. Like I just wanted to see the end of it. but yeah, like I, again, I'm so grateful for that experience because it taught me so much about managing stress and sleep and like making sure I keep an eye on those things with my own clients as well and make sure they make it a priority to look after their health as a whole. It's a whole lot more than nutrition and training, like especially when you just then talked about your clients. So how much do you harp on with them to take care of the external stuff like sleep and, and low stress levels and stuff like that? How important do you think that is for people to get results, not even from just a competitor, but as a whole? 
Yeah, a lot. So a big part of my coaching is that kind of lifestyle coaching as well. So when I do my client check-ins, like I'll get them to rank everything like their sleep, stress, mm. um, digestion, energy levels, because I honestly think like you're never going to get the best out of your body unless yeah. those factors are controlled. No, definitely. It's, it's one of the biggest one of the biggest ones I ever thought of. Like I never used to have any routine in terms of sleep routine or anything like that. And I used to sleep like crap but when i started to really prioritize it 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 changes so much like mood hunger levels uh food choices just just everything in it and helped me massively yeah definitely like sleep is key for everything because Absolutely. when you don't sleep enough as well like you said um you get an increase in hunger hormones too so it's really hard to stick to any sort of diet if you're under sleeping exactly i just grab donuts just want to feel good you know <laughs> But um, let's let's look at the coaching stuff because in terms of prep coaching, so I'm really like intrigued in how do you get into it? Like, is it more external study or is it kind of just live the experience and turn your experience as a competitor and then turn into a coach from there? Like, how do you get into prep coaching? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a bit of both. I think if you're going to be a comp prep coach, you need to have experience by competing in shows like multiple times before you start taking on clients, um, but also be doing your own research, like journal articles, things like that about, you know, carb up processes, like how does that work? Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, but the way that I actually got into it is that I was um, coaching one of my best friends at the time. And she was like, okay, I really want to compete. And she's like, I want you to coach me. And I was like, okay, I've never coached somebody to compete before though. Like, yeah. you know, I, I'm still learning myself. Um, yeah. I think that was in maybe my third season of competing. Um, and she's like, yeah, I know. I know that you're still learning, but I don't want to go to another coach. Like I want you to coach me and like you can learn along the way while um, you're coaching me. So oh, that's a good friend. <laughs> perfect kind of situation really because yeah. you're like a very close friend and so it did it was a perfect opportunity to get involved in it because she understood that it was new to me as well yeah. um and I ended up prepping her friend as well who was also coaching with me at the time um and yeah that's kind of how I got into it and just built up from there I absolutely loved coaching people to compete so yeah just built it up from there yeah beautiful and what do you think is some of the toughest things is to coach? Because obviously it's a, as you said before, it's an extreme sport. Um, there's a high level of discipline involved and you have to be, you know, obviously pretty trusting in someone to to follow their advice and, and eat that low level food, like we said before. So what do you think is the hardest thing to, to coach for competitors? Um, I think the hardest thing to coach is in general, just like managing different personalities and what they kind of respond best to because people respond to different coaching styles so you know some people really need tough love other people need like a softer approach so that's probably the toughest thing in terms of like coaching competitors um and also just managing different body types like people are so different in terms of like how they respond to certain things and how they're going to best get two-stage condition so you know yeah. some people will respond better to high carbs low fats some people are the opposite other people need to go really low in calories to get on stage but then like last year I had girls still eating 2,800 to 3,000 calories the week before getting on stage like yeah everyone is so different in terms of what they respond to so it's just navigating like different body types and things like that uh, awesome no, I love that mate and 
this one I really don't tell you. It's it's a pretty open ended one, but in terms of like your holistic approach, like I, I take a lot of um, a lot of joy. Like I always think that with coaching, you got to be super like empathetic with people, and and as we said before, it's it's a lot more than just training and nutrition because we give people the tools, but you really want them to run with it. You know what I mean? But what is like your holistic approach? Like what does that mean? Like can you break that down for me? Like I'd love to know a bit more about that. Yeah, so I guess a holistic approach just means that it's not just training and nutrition. Like you are looking at those other factors that we spoke about before. Like we're looking at stress. We're looking at are they sleeping enough? We're talking about digestion, um, menstrual cycles as well. So like with coaching females, obviously the menstrual cycle plays a huge role in like when they're going to be holding more weight through fluid throughout the month and just kind of like coaching clients around that and helping them to understand the fluctuations and changes in their body throughout the month due to that or during periods of high stress or because they haven't been sleeping so well all those different things I just like to like really kind of coach around all of that and help the client really understand where those certain elements in their life are having an impact on how their body is responding or is not responding yeah that's that's good i mean holistic as we said like more just training nutrition and yeah i love that maiden i've got a few things i want to throw at you and a few gen pop things but probably the last thing i want to throw at you from a coaching point of view is how is it different to that winning feeling between being competitor and being coach you get a better feeling out of your competitors winning than what you do individually or is there much difference there yeah, probably even a better feeling of my clients. Yeah. Like, yeah, or at least equal. Like, I'm honestly so excited when I see my clients up on stage, regardless of whether they win or not. Like, I just absolutely love it. Like, I'm always at the front, like, on my knees in front of the stage, like, yelling <laughs> at them, like, <laughs> helping yeah. them with their posing and, like, encouraging them. And I absolutely love it. I get so much kicks out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Do you draw a lot of inspiration from your clients too? Because... I know sometimes when I have a lull in my training, but I see like a, a few of my own clients hit PBs or really start to believe in themselves and overcome big strength gains and stuff. And it kind of spurs me on stuff like that. So I guess seeing them on stage and stuff like that, do you draw inspiration for your own clients as well? Yeah, a hundred percent. And especially just in terms of what they overcome, like the challenges they overcome in prep, that's what inspires me the most. And just watching their mindset change, like their mm. resilience grow and their confidence grow and just their belief in themselves grow. Yeah. And that's what I love so much about competing is that it really does help you to believe like you can achieve whatever you set your mind to. And it is a really empowering sport in that way. Yeah, I absolutely love that. You can set your mind. Absolutely. Like, and this is a gen pop stuff I want to revert to because you do a lot of work with them as well. And I think the mindset stuff is like absolutely massive. And as we spoke about, especially from a fat loss point, fat loss point of view and some of the misconceptions we have. So what are some of the biggest like physiology problems you think people have with losing fat? Um, look, I think that with gen pop, you know, there can be physical things going wrong like hormonally that might be holding people back from losing fat so potentially like thyroid issues or high cortisol like I'd say that's probably the most common one that you see people experience so cortisol is the stress hormone yeah um so obviously when we've got chronically elevated cortisol it makes it really hard to lose fat and I think that we live in a society nowadays where so many people are living in chronic stress and yeah. not having enough downtime and um, coming out of that chronic stress state so I think 
those sorts of things tend to get in the way um, from a lot of people getting results. Completely agree. I mean, yeah, for the gem pot, there's so much stuff out there in terms of like, you know, misconceptions in terms of nutrition and, and all that stuff. But um, I guess when it comes to more fat loss stuff and all that, should people always hire a coach? How, how do you think important it is for people to have PTs to, I guess, is it more lack of knowledge for people when it comes to fat loss? Well, I think the benefit of hiring a coach is that when people think I want to lose weight, their first instinct is to restrict their food as much as possible. And then train heaps, yeah. Cardio, yeah, or heaps of training. And that just sets them up for disaster. It's the same as if you take that approach in a comp prep, yeah? So you get your metabolic downregulation, you're probably going to screw up your hormones. And afterwards, you're going to be so restricted that you're probably just going to binge and end up straight back where you started. Straight back where you were, yeah. If you get a coach, you're going to help guide you through doing that in a healthy way and also take you through the reverse dieting process. That is key to actually achieving your fat loss results and sustaining it, even if you're not wanting to compete. Like that's how everyone should be approaching fat loss. Now that one there. And it's definitely a trap I used to fall into, like, I yo-yo dieted like my whole life until I actually found a trainer who actually cared and it makes a massive difference. Yeah, totally. And like, I've been there too. Like I used to eat next to nothing and just run every day because I wanted to be skinny. Like, And running fucking sucks at the best of times. (laughs) (laughs) I actually enjoy running. Um, Oh, nice. I think you're one of the only ones I've met. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't really do it anymore because it doesn't really align with like my bodybuilding goals, but I do enjoy it. Um. But yeah, like that's what we do. We go to that extreme approach and it's not healthy. And that's where having a coach who can be objective about decisions in terms of your calories and your output um, and also guide you through that reverse dieting process is really important. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And yeah, love that. Such a good point. And this is probably the last one I thought, you know, you're super busy and um, but I appreciate your time. This one is it's pretty good. Like you're the perfect person to ask it to. And a lot of people, they want that quite unquote tone look. And obviously we know the only thing you can do with a muscle is kind of grow it or shrink it. And you can't really shape a muscle. You, you just lose the fat around it to reveal that shape and stuff. But in terms of people who want that tone look, especially want to grow their glutes and, and have that kind of that look with that. Um, what's your advice to them in terms of like a lot of people don't want to do the muscle gaining things. I think they'll get too big, too bulky and stuff like that. So what is your advice for people who want to grow their glutes and get that toned look? Yeah. So if you are just wanting to grow your glutes and build some lean muscle, but without going through like a bulk phase, you don't need to go through a like heavy bulk phase. The only people who like really need to push cows up really, really high to try and grow and gain body fat while doing so is competitors really. Yeah. Um, but for a general population client, like as long as you're eating enough to grow, so like around about your maintenance calories and focusing on weight training, that's going to achieve that look. So you don't have to push cows up really high and gain high levels of body fat in order to do that. And I think that's the misconception is girls think if I eat more, that means I'm going to get fatter. Mm -hmm. And that's not how it works. Like if you're weight training and you're putting those calories that you're using to good use in the gym, that's going to help you grow your muscles because you can't grow a muscle if you don't feed it. So yeah, it doesn't need to be those extreme. It's not like bulk or cut. There is like an in-between, especially with gen pop clients. Yeah, absolutely. I think people miss miss that in-between part. You know what I mean? I think it's just they they throw 
everything out either fat loss or muscle gain but they don't realize like that there's that nice happy medium that way you can be where you can grow a little bit without getting too big and bulky you know yeah totally and especially women that's like a massive fear oh absolutely yeah but uh, it's awesome mate well answered again and as i said thank you so much for your time um i really appreciate you jumping on i know the listeners will get a lot of great value out there a lot of great insight into the coaching side of competing and also uh your stories competing yourself so thank you very much Beck. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me.